morning I'd like to talk to you a little bit about how would I put it? I became very interested in what Christ said to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the lawyers, when he gave the woes unto them. Woe unto you, he said. You do these things. And uh, in my reading the other night, in reading the 23rd chapter of Luke, there's a verse in there that kind of bothered me. Has for years. You know, you can, we got people here that are 97 years old down to 18 months. And uh, there's a lot of knowledge scripturally in this room. And I, for one, do not know it all. It'd be nice to know it all, but I don't know it all. And once in a while I run across things that kind of bother me. I don't quite fully appreciate what is being said, maybe, and have an understanding of it. doesn't mean that my faith has been bothered at all. It just means that I have a question about a scripture. That scripture is in the 23rd chapter of Luke, and uh, I'll start with the 32nd verse. And there were also two other male factors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the male factors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. The verse in question, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. I looked into that and I read in the diaglot that it says to omit that. That it's not found in the original manuscripts. I don't know how true that is. But that's uh, that's kind of like... Uh, Some verses over here in the fifth chapter of First John. He says in the sixth and the seventh verses, This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is the truth is the way it should read. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. When I looked into that, when I was doing a study on this, it says in the seventh verse, For there are three that bear record. And then it goes down to the eighth verse. The Spirit, and the water, 
and the blood. And these three agree in one. What's in between was not in the original manuscripts. That was added. <coughs> what do they call that? What's the word that describes that when they add something to it? Can't remember the word. Huh? No, that's not the word that, that uh, I have run across when there's been an addition that was not in the original. But there is one there, and this one I ran into over here in the 23rd chapter of Luke. And I thought to myself, why would that be? But you know, as I thought about it, maybe I'm a hard person. But here these people were, the high priests, the ones who ruled in Israel, who should have known the law, who should have known this man, who were the teachers, who were the examples, they took this man and crucified him. They killed him. They put him to death. Why should they be forgiven? I don't believe they are forgiven. I believe they're accountable for that. I don't believe they'll be forgiven for what they did. Nebuchadnezzar was not forgiven for having carried away the children of Israel and treated them as he did. He was destroyed. <coughs> At any rate, you'll have to draw your own conclusion, but that's what I found. And in conjunction with that, this is really a, a two-day talk. I hope you brought some sandwiches or something. But in order to not run this thing over, I'll put my watch here. So, Is it going? Thank you. I, um, James, don't get nervous. That makes me nervous. That's all I'll find where I am again. The 24th chapter of Luke uh, bears out some things, and uh, as I read through that afterwards, uh, something came across my mind that impressed me. So I went back and looked into it, and I want to share it with you. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices, spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found a stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words, and returned from the sepulcher, and told all these things unto the eleven, and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James 
and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter, and ran into the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves, and departed, wondering in himself at what, at that which was come to pass. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that, while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communication are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? <coughs> and one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the woman had said, but him they saw not. Then said he unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh into the village, whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening. And the day is far spent, and he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread, and blessed it, and brake, and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us 
while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures and they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them saying the Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon and they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread and as they thus spake Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them peace be unto you but they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit and he said unto them why are ye troubled and why do thoughts arise in your hearts behold my hands and my feet that it is I myself handle me and see for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have and when he had thus spoken he showed them his hands and his feet where the nails were driven and while they yet believed not for joy and wondered he said unto them have ye here any meat and they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and of an honeycomb and he took it and did eat before them and he said unto them these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem and ye are witnesses of these things and behold I send the promise of my father upon you but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high and he led them out as far as to Bethany and he lifted up his hands and blessed them and it came to pass while he blessed them he was parted from them and carried up into heaven and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God Amen you read through the scriptures everybody may read a different way I still do the daily readings I like it that way because I've always done it that way I'm not a change person I like it that way I study other things too I'll come across something I'll stop in the middle of it and try to search it out so that I have a better comprehension for some reason this year that more impressed me than any other time I read it uh, here these leaders in Israel crucified this man here were the apostles those who had gathered around him 
did not yet seem to understand and he had to open to them the scriptures again telling them that all things that Moses had said that were in the Psalms that were in the prophets had to be fulfilled it had to be fulfilled and as it is with us today whatever has to be fulfilled yet has to be fulfilled and it will be there will be no alteration or change from that in the 24th to the 27th verses he says and certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre and found it even so as the women had said but him they saw not he told them a number of times that he would rise the third day then he said unto them O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken all that the prophets have spoken what does that mean it means that there should have been a knowledge within them of what the prophets had spoken concerning him. They would have had a better handle on it, a better comprehension. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Verse 28 through 32. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went. And he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread, and blessed it, and brake, and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us? while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures what I'm saying to us is do we know him will we know him when he comes are we aware of what is going on around us today in the world are we aware that the time is upon us for his return it may not be today but it might be tomorrow how well are we aware of him and who he is and the words that he has spoken? It is said that the words he has spoken are words of truth and words of life. <clears throat> so when he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them, their eyes were open and they knew he, who he was. Verses 30 through 35. I've read through 32, so I'll continue on. And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven gathered together, and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared to Simon. So evidently, maybe this was Cleopas and Simon that were together on the road to Emmaus. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. And you remember when the end of the chapter of John, the Gospel of John, I think it was, when he came to the seashore and they were, they were toiling and didn't get any fish. He said, cast on this side. And they did and drew them in. And there was 153 fish in there, I think. And uh, they recognized him, who he was. 
and they cooked the fish and they all ate. He was made known in the prophets and revealed in the present by faith and uh, they would remember as he broke the bread ate the fish with them the feeding of the 4,000 at one time and 5,000 at another which was bread and fish from a basket and took up more than they had to begin with. Verse 20 tells us that <clears throat> they evidently didn't know him. <clears throat> he says that how they were telling him how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death excuse me, and have crucified him. The verses 24 through 27 show that they should have known who he was. Now, these rulers, Caiaphas, the high priest, those that were with him, who took him and crucified him, they should have known who he was. But they didn't know who he was. All they knew is that he was uh, can't think of the dialogue for that but it's when you do something greater than somebody else and you do it in front of them thank you so much I appreciate that see a cup of cold water in my name I know she gave it to me that way Uh, it's a theatrical term upstaged thank you though I appreciate that he kind of upstaged them because uh, they would go about in the streets though with long prayers and the phylacteries and all of this stuff and the people would bow to them and what have you <clears throat> he didn't do that but I was talking to J.R. this morning I feel for this young man what he has to go through in life but I told him he's a strong person. He will endure. And this is the place for him to come and let his grandmother teach him the truth. God will bless him. And all of that will be done away with. You'll never know that you were ever had this problem in your life. Because Christ will come on the Sabbath day, the day of rest, the day of healing. And it was always on the day of healing that got the Pharisees so excited and so mad because that's the day when he would heal. They did things on the Sabbath day that they had to do, but because he healed somebody, they didn't like that. But the lame, he caused to walk. The leper, he healed. Those who were blind, he caused to see. Those who were deaf, he caused to hear. Those who had various infirmities of the flesh he healed them they should have known who he was <clears throat> Genesis 3.15 there isn't, there isn't a brother or sister in here that can't quote that we think about it every day we talk about it, we read it it's a basic foundation of our belief. This is in Genesis. 
one of the five books of the law that they that Israel stood upon. If you don't know it, how can you stand on it? How can it be a part of your belief if you don't know it? God through the Elohim speaking to the serpent said, And I will put enmity or hatred between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. <clears throat> Christ would bruise the serpent's head, sin, and destroy it, for it resided even in himself. And the serpent would bruise his heel was not a mortal blow. He rose from the dead by the power of God through the blood of the everlasting covenant and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. In reading that, they should have known who this man was. Uh, Genesis 22:15 through 18. Genesis 22, 15 through 18. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Who was the seed of Abraham? Should they have known? Yes, they should have known. There shouldn't have been any doubt. They were the teachers of the people. They should have known who the seed of Abraham was. All you have to do is follow that through a little bit. Takes us over to Galatians. Is there anybody here that has any idea what chapter in Galatians that would be? You bet. <coughs> you bet. That's exactly where it is. Galatians 3, <clears throat> I want to read 14 too, but 16 is the verse, and uh, 29. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith, that in thee and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed which is Christ. That's the seed, and that's what they should have known. 
And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So if we belong to Christ, if we're in the covenant, then we're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And that's what we will be blessed by and with when Christ returns. No reason they shouldn't have known him. There's more in Genesis, but because of time, I'm going to go to Numbers 21, 8 through 9. We're still in the... In the... uh, In the first five books of the law. Numbers 21... 8 through 9. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent. We talked about this before. And set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass, and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld a serpent of brass, he lived. Why didn't he make it out of gold or silver or wood or stone? Something of that nature. Because brass <coughs> uh, represents sinful flesh and is purified by fiery trial. That's why brass was used. Remember Brother James brought out the man of brass here in the temple? <coughs> represents sinful flesh and that's what it had to represent. It represents sinful flesh purified by a fiery trial and that's surely what he went through. And that's kind of what we go through in our life. <clears throat> Look at John, the chap- third chapter, the 14th and 15th verses. It says the same thing. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believes... Here was something that he said, something they should have known. Something they should have been aware of. If they were teachers in Israel, they could not be without this knowledge. Deuteronomy 18.15 Moses, uttering those last words before his death to the children of Israel, said some profound things. Deuteronomy 18:15. The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken. That's what Moses said. They should have been aware of that statement. They had the law. They surely were should have been acquainted with the writings of Moses. Such a sad state of affairs that they were so uninformed by their own lack 
of, of diligently searching the, searching the scriptures. Should, they should have known that this was a greater prophet than Moses. Let's go back to John again. Time I want to go to the fourth chapter, starting with the 16th verse. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. This woman recognized that he had to be a prophet to tell her that little bit that he told her. 25 through 26. <clears throat> the woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah, Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Do we have ears to hear? Did they have ears to hear? Not the Pharisees, not the Sadducees, not the scribes, not the lawyers. But this woman recognized he was a prophet. 28 and 29. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Is not this the anointed of the Father? <clears throat> I can't go on this too much. I just want to take you to John the 17th chapter now. chapter you all dearly love and so do I and if you read that chapter at least once a month I think it will help your understanding and your comprehension of who this man Christ Jesus was and who he was that he dealt with that said my father is greater than I I can do nothing of mine own self the words that I speak are the words of my Father. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. Where did this chapter come in the context of Christ's life? Everybody may have their own opinion of it. I like to think that maybe those are the words that he uttered in Gethsemane before his death. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Listen to this statement. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. 
This is life eternal, to know his Father and to know him whom his Father sent. This know here is genosko from the Greek, and it's experimental knowledge is what it is. It's experimental knowledge. It's knowledge that comes from experience. This is where we get the experience in the pages of this book. If you have any love for anything in this life, have a love for this book, the words that are in it. They're words of truth and they're words of life. And when when uh, it was said thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart with all thy soul with all thy mind it meant with all thy character with all thy life and with all thy intellect and thy strength and thy neighbor as thyself and that's all we can do let us be aware of who we deal with thank you